Today on CityCast Philly, it's the Friday News Roundup. We're talking about SEPTA remaking its bus system, an investigation over asbestos found in Philly schools, and street sweeping is coming back. It's Friday, March 24th. I'm Trinae Nuri, and here's what Philly's talking about. Thomas Fitzgerald, transportation reporter for the Philadelphia Inquirer. Thanks for being here. It's a pleasure. Good morning, Trinette. And Aaron Moselle, housing and community development reporter for WHYY's Plan Philly. Hey, it's great to see you again. And, and thanks for being on the show. Yeah, it's been a while. Great to see you, Trinette. Yeah. Okay, before we get into the news of this week, I've got to start by saying today is National Cheesesteak Day. And I've got to ask... Where's the best place to get a cheesesteak, Tom? Oh, man, you know, that's that's like the hardest question in Philadelphia. (laughs) Um, I always liked Jim's steaks. Me too. Kind of had a fire, though. Yeah, right. uh, I know. I missed that. I'm sure sure they'll be back stronger than ever. I I like Jim's. Yes, on South Street. Um, Aaron, what about you? So I grew up with Del Sandro's, but now it's become such a, a madhouse that I almost never want to contend with the crowd. So, and I'm in South Philly, so we're going to go right. with Cosme's. Okay. Mm. Now, what type of cheese do you guys like on your cheesesteaks? I'm a provolone guy, but that's I, know that's hey, the, that's I know that's not provolone. the standard. Yeah, it's got to be provolone. Yeah. I'm sorry, whiz is not found in nature. It just isn't. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no offense to people that like whiz. It's all good. Yeah, I don't judge, but to me, I'm not eating it. <laughs> okay, and do you do you guys have any other toppings that you like on your cheesesteak? You got to have onions uh, and ketchup. Mm-hmm. I have recently crossed over potentially into the dark side, putting some mayo. Um, some people have issues with that. Um, I think it's great, especially if you just do like a steak sandwich and you're not doing the cheese. It kind of helps the thing go down. Yeah, yeah. I like that extra buttery taste on the bread. And I, I have a I have a theory. If the bread's not right, the sandwich is not right. I agree. I think the bread is is key. Mm-hmm. It's it make it makes the sandwich. Oh, and I like mushrooms too. Yeah. Oh, okay. You get a fancy now. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's talk about some top stories of this week. Tom, I want to start with your story that you've covered um, recently. SEPTA's bus system, it's getting its first overhaul s- since 1964? That's right, yeah. That's like, what, 59 years ago? And, you know, a lot yeah. of riders have been voicing their concerns with the entire system. What What's happening here? It's a long-tangled story but i'll shorten it so like you know the buses they travel you know on most routes like an average of eight miles an hour it's been getting worse and uh the bus system lost 20 percent of its riders from like 2011 through 2018 i think Mm -hmm. that's that's the figure that that they look at and uh so they knew they had to do something Pandemic just accelerated that. And um, the idea was, because it hadn't been looked at since 1964, like you mentioned, um, the routes just kind of grew 
longer and more circuitous. And then they put like the speed and the reliability just weren't there. So they started out by redesigning the routes and, uh, and making them shorter, fewer turns, more arterials, uh, arterial roads, the bigger roads to use. And, um, people hated it or a lot of people did, uh, the first proposal, but it, um, you know, it would have required transferring from, you know, a, a less frequent bus to a more frequent bus or the L in the Broad Street line. But a lot of people didn't like transferring so much. And then right. SEPTA heard their uh, cries and, uh, you know, came out, I guess, Monday. It came out Monday with uh, Bus Revolution 2.0, so, which is, seems a little less slightly less revolutionary uh because Wait, is calling it the revolution 2.0 oh i'm calling it 2.0 oh, okay <laughs> they, they call the program bus revolution you know? okay. and it, you know like vive la france or whatever but it, it which also kind of you know actually i learned from a lot of people that i talked to over the months they've been working on this uh, that, that that revolution was a word that kind of scared them Okay. You yeah, know, it's kind of yeah. like, well, I, I don't want a revolution in my life. So uh, <laughs> I just want a bus. <laughs> I want the bus to come and get me to wherever. Yeah, yeah, truly. And so, what I also found interesting in your story is that uh, the original plan would have cut bus routes from the current one twenty five to ninety nine routes, but this new draft has one hundred and five routes. Yeah, they put some back. They kind of, yeah, they were going to eliminate routes that were not productive, meaning like, you know, they were really low ridership. And that, you know, by taking that line of buses from column A and putting it in column Z, the area, you know, column Z would get more service and that one would go away. But people hated that too wow really interesting and i'm i'm it's also interesting that riders spoke up and and they heard their calls to keep their buses i used to when i used to live in north philly i i used to take the 33 into work uh downtown but uh tom like when can we expect um like a final plan to come out is anything ever final yeah okay mm-hmm. but yeah it'll <laughs> it's supposed to be final um end of the summer then it goes through some formal hearings that SEPTA by law has to do mm-hmm. where its board will then vote on it. They're now saying it won't really be implemented. The rider won't see the new system until maybe mid-2024. All right. Another story that I found interesting this week came from you, Aaron. Um it's something called the source of income discrimination. Um, can you tell us what that is? Um, you know, I, I've read that in your piece that this is something that's illegal, that's happening with tenants um, and landlords, but it's common. What's happening here? Yeah, the city has had a law on the books for more than 40 years now that um, basically makes it illegal for 
landlords to discriminate based on the way um, a prospective tenant would pay for their apartment. The most common example is um, someone with a housing voucher. Um, and for those who don't know, that's basically a, a rent subsidy through the federal government that heavily subsidizes. Is that like Section 8? Correct. Yeah. It's that's okay. formally known as Section 8. Um, and so basically folks who have that voucher just have to pay, you know, 30% of their adjusted monthly income. And then um, HUD picks up the rest, the federal government picks up the rest, meaning that they pay uh, the landlord the rest. Um, there are some limits to how much in terms of the total rent they're willing to pay. Um, so basically, this has been going on for some time where where landlords, these are private landlords on the, on the housing market, are turning away folks if they want to pay using a voucher. Um, they may use other reasons um, for turning them away. They may say, hey, it's your credit score. Or, hey, it's your criminal history. Mm. Sometimes they straight up will say in writing that it's, you know, we don't accept vouchers and that's illegal in, in Philadelphia. Um, unfortunately, it's one of those things that's been pretty tough to enforce or even be proactive about. Um, the city's commission uh, on human relations is responsible for enforcing it. Um, but they have six total investigators to investigate all kinds of um, issues, including employment issues, um, housing issues, uh, uh, public accommodations issues. And so they're they're pretty stretched pretty thin. And so they you know, city council had a hearing this week and folks from the Human Relations Commission said, hey, we'd love to have more investigators so we could um, tackle more of these instances and also, more importantly, be more more proactive about it. Um, they want to use what are called testers, which mm -hmm. is when they kind of have people pretend to be renters, you know, either you oh, know, some I people see. pretend to have a voucher, some people don't, and they see what the reaction is. Right. And that's what some folks did as part of this lawsuit against a fairly big landlord pretty recently. They kind of went out and saw what happened when they went to certain properties. Um, and they ended up settling with uh, with that company, uh, the company agreed to to not exclude folks with or advertise, I should say, that they don't accept Section 8. Right. But you just said hap this happened with a big landlord, but there are small independent landlords where uh, this might still happen. So where can people, where can tenants file a complaint? Yeah, I mean, right now, as I said, the, the, they file a complaint with the Human Relations Commission, the city's Human Relations Commission. Um, that does take some time. No big surprise there. Yeah, I mean, city council at this point is just sort of looking for solutions, possible solutions, because this, this you know, is not new for 2023. This has been going on for some time. The housing voucher program has been around for some time. But it's coming to a head at this point because uh, the city is experiencing an affordable housing crisis, and this just makes it that much harder for folks to keep a roof over their head. These are the most vulnerable, the most, the lowest income residents in Philadelphia. Um, it's tough enough as it is to find a landlord on the private market willing to rent to you. Um, if you have a voucher, that's a, a longstanding issue. Um, but on top of that, if you add this kind of discrimination, um, it, it makes your search even harder. Um, and it puts people in, in difficult situations where they're, they need a house, they can't afford to pay full freight, uh, and then, you know, sort of either get a landlord to accept the voucher, or they may be looking at a homeless shelter. They may be looking at the street. Wow. Just quick 
question, what, what's happening with rents in general? Like, in other words, have, are they on an upswing and landlords, you know, can get the market rate? So is that part of it or are there other reasons? Yeah, that's that's a good question. I mean, rents in Philadelphia did go up during the pandemic, though not nearly as drastically as, as other major cities, um, you know, like Austin or, or New York. But there is still an affordability issue, mostly tied to folks not having jobs that that pay them enough, um, rather than the apartments being unaffordable. However, with voucher holders, for example, um, the voucher is worth a certain amount of money. Mm-hmm. Um, and those limits are set uh, by the by the federal government. And, you know, that that precludes some folks from renting certain places because they can't cover the full freight of the rent. Um, and that's becoming tougher. Those that's coming up more and more because because apartments are becoming more expensive. Um, so it's it's getting tougher to find a place where your your voucher covers enough where the landlord is is willing to do it. Another story that caught my eye this week came from Kristen Graham, education reporter uh, at the Inquirer, about. The school district is going to begin investigations um, about the asbestos that's been found in uh, some Philly schools. And it's been reported that Superintendent Tony uh, Watlington Sr. Uh, said that, you know, he sent an email to staff and, and quote, in the coming weeks and months, we anticipate more damaged asbestos to be identified. And he also says that, you know, school officials knew about these issues for at least two years. Um, And this all came out from uh, earlier this month, Building 21, which is a school out in West Oak Lane, had shut and closed um, after, you know, a routine inspection found damaged asbestos. But this this is the first year for Wellington. And so, you know, he's like coming in and like just saying, like, listen, we we understand there's been some gaps in, in the record keeping. Um, but, you know, he's holding, you know, the district accountable. And the reality is that the district has like 300 schools and most of them were built in a time when asbestos was common. It was like a very common building material. So... This is definitely something that is going to be ongoing, and I'm definitely going to keep my eye on it. Uh, Tom, let's go back to you. This this is what really blew my mind this week because uh, I was looking forward to you know seeing an extended route or more public transportation going all the way to King of Prussia, but that's not happening. Why? <laughs> well, first, I, I guess the precipitating thing was. Uh, you know, the plan for them to build this thing always was going to rely on uh, infrastructure grants from the Federal Transit Administration. And, and uh, they got turned down, for one, for the next stage of the project that would have got it shovel-ready, as they say, to begin construction work supposedly next year, or 2025, sorry. Then they, the cost uh, estimate that it had always been estimated to cost like $1 billion. Then it was 1.2. Then it was 1.8. Now it's three because time, you know, time goes on. There were snafus and they were going to have to buy more properties from people Mm. that were in the way. And they said, uh, 
they just couldn't do it and and there wasn't enough monetary support from the uh, counties even montgomery county that was going to directly benefit to enable septa to because like the transit agencies have to with their states and their localities they gotta uh, put up a you know about half mm-hmm. with all their other needs they said we just can't do it we gotta pull the plug yeah so does that mean like we may n- never see this again or it's just going to take some time and some you know fresh money <laughs> to come yeah. in <laughs> well anything can happen i mean yeah. it's definitely off for now and for the foreseeable future but all the plans will exist and if circumstances were to change, yeah, they could bring it back again. And and maybe the feds would, would view it more favorably. Got it. Aaron, I want to talk about another story that you've been um, keeping your eye on as the housing reporter. <laughs> Is the saga around the University City townhomes in West Philly, which is around uh, 40th and Market Streets. Uh, we've talked about that on the show as well. But at this point, it seems like most of the residents have left. But what are they going to do with that property? Yeah, um, most of the residents are out, as as you said, um, tying back to the earlier conversation, they, they all got uh, housing vouchers um, so that they could move and, and rent on the private market instead of um, living in an affordable housing complex because the owners of that complex uh, decided to stop their contract with the federal government and put the the place up for sale. But like um, you just said, they are going to probably experience some issues with getting into the private market. But yeah, okay. Exactly. Yeah, it's been a struggle mm. um, for for most of them, especially if they they don't want to live in Philadelphia. Um, technically, mm-hmm. that voucher is good for anywhere in the country. Um, okay. but it's, it's, it's harder. You're kind of on your own, you know, from folks I've talked to, if, if you're looking outside, if you just want to sort of leave Philly behind, but in terms of what happens at that site, um, that's still a bit up in the air. Um, one of Tom's colleagues this week did break news that a settlement, uh, between the city and, um, the owners is, is possibly near and that settlement could potentially include using part of that site where the homes are now um, for affordable housing um, and the rest could be used for for market rate use a lot of uh there's there's a lot of folks who uh, you know expect fully expect that to be a life sciences use given kind of its location um in university like city drexel, yeah like drexel area yeah yeah exactly exactly so that that would make sense i don't know given you know inflation rates and, and other factors in the housing market or uh, the real estate market, if, if that's still uh, a good choice, but uh, generally speaking, that that's sort of what folks are expecting. So we'll see, you know, I, I checked in with folks to see kind of where we are because this lawsuit has been going on for two years now. There's been, you know, some progress and then it seems like that they take a couple steps back. They could take a couple steps forward. They could take a couple yeah. steps back. So it's it's sort of hard to know how close we are, but it seems that there is a resolution coming. Um, the judge in that case has to sign off on the settlement, and and that that's 
that supposedly could be coming in a couple of weeks. So that doesn't help the folks that are still there or the folks that are looking for, for housing, but it does potentially settle uh, the future of that land, which is uh, incredibly valuable. Mm-hmm. Oh, before we head out to the weekend, I, you know, I like to end on some good news. And all this week on the show, we've dubbed it our spring fling week. So we've talked about spring cleaning, spring activities you can enjoy, like birding and skating and um, salsa dancing in the park, which I really want to get into. But uh, <laughs> uh, this story um is just a perfect ending to the week. Uh, I read that in Philly Voice, um, the Philadelphia Streets Department is resuming mechanical street sweeping in 14 neighborhoods um, that have a high concentration of litter. And so the program, um, and from the Streets Department's website, the program is going to run from uh, Monday, April 3rd through Friday, November 3rd. And yeah, the city is um, hosting, there's more community engagement involved. They're hosting uh, some Zoom meetings next week about the project. Um, and we'll have links and details for you, our listeners, to participate. But yeah, you can check that out. Save those dates on your calendars. And yeah, look forward to more street cleaning. But as y'all know, living in Philly or, you know, getting on SEPTA and, you know, talking to folks. That also means that you're going to have to move your car. So you definitely don't want to get caught um, or get any fines for that. Tom Fitzgerald, transportation reporter for the Philadelphia Inquirer. Thanks so much for joining me on CityCast Philly. You're welcome, Trinae. It was a lot of fun. This is my first time, everyone. <laughs> Thanks for being. We got to get you back. <laughs> Thank you. Aaron Mazel, housing and community development reporter for WHYY's Plan Philly. Great to see you again. And thanks so much for letting us know about these stories and joining us on CityCast Philly. You got it. Thanks, Trinae. It's time for the tip of the day, where we share a life hack for living in Philly. Is tax season giving you anxiety? Well, you can get some free support from Temple University this year. For the first time since the pandemic, the Volunteer Income Tax Assistance Program will be held in person again. For qualifying low to moderate income individuals and families, you can make an appointment with a representative to walk you through those confusing tax documents. Sign up for an appointment now until April 15th. You can book one on Wednesdays or Saturdays between 1 and 5 p.m. by calling 215-326-9519 or emailing vita at temple.edu. They have appointments at the main campus and Ambler. If you have a tip of the day, we'd love to hear from you too. Call or text us at 215-259-8170. That's all for today here on CityCast Philly. Our lead producer is Mallory Falk. Our producer is Abby Fritz. Our Hey Philly newsletter editor is Brittany Valentine. And our host is me, Trinae Nuri. Music is by Philly's own Interminable, with additional music from All the Kimonos and James Weldon. If you enjoyed this episode and this week of spring activities, tell a friend, rate the show, leave us a review, and hit that subscribe button. 
Be sure to sign up for our newsletter too. It's called Hey Philly. We'll be back Monday morning with more news from around the city. Have a great weekend and be safe, y'all. Bye.